Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Well, hi there, babies. How are you? Guess what? We made it all the way to Tradition 12. Can you believe it? I don't have a jingle planned, but let's think about it. 12, 12. What rhymes with 12? Not shelve. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Let's do it this way. We made it to the end of the traditions. Congratulations. I'd give you a gold star if you were with me. Traditions, yes. Do the traditions, traditions, yes. In Tennessee. Traditions in Tennessee. I've done all 12 traditions in Tennessee. Have I? Maybe not. <coughs> I don't know. I'm brain dead today. It's all this beautiful southernness getting to me okay so tradition 12 I'm gonna read the long form first and it reads as such and finally we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the principle of anonymity has an immense spiritual significance it reminds us that we are to place principles before personalities that we are actually to practice a genuine humility This to the end that our great blessings may never spoil us, that we shall forever live in thankful contemplation of him who presides over us all. I love that. And guess what? Oh my gosh, my favorite group in the USA, the thankful contemplation group is here in Tennessee and it's in Cookville and I love it. What a beautiful way to finish off the traditions. All right, so now I'm going to read... Oh my gosh, that scared the shit out of me. There is a squirrel eating bread outside this window. I've never been this close to a squirrel. Wow, that's pretty. Okay, sorry. Distraction just scared me because I'm up on a high floor. Tradition 12 and the 12 and 12. This is how we'll end this series. I did make a playlist in the Two Sober Chicks site. Um, So if you're on SoundCloud, for example, you can go to playlist and you can hear all 12 traditions on the 12 traditions playlist. You can hear all the 12 steps Lisa and I did on the 12 steps playlist. You can hear all of my shot glasses, which is a solo podcast without Lisa. And those are on Julie's shot glasses and Lisa's are in Lisa's shot glasses. So without further ado, tradition 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. The spiritual substance of anonymity is sacrifice. Ooh, it's already so good. Because AA's 12 traditions repeatedly ask us to give up personal desires for the common good, we realize that the sacrificial spirit, well symbolized by anonymity, is the foundation of them all. It is AA's proved willingness to make these sacrifices that gives people their high confidence in our future. But in the beginning, anonymity was not born of confidence. It was the child of our early fears. Our first nameless groups of alcoholics were secret societies. New prospects could find us only through a few trusted friends. The bare hint of publicity, even for our work, shocked us. Though ex-drinkers, we still thought we had to hide from public distrust and contempt. 
When the big book appeared in 1939, we called it Alcoholics Anonymous. Its foreword made this revealing statement. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals from which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not well carry on our occupations in such an event. Between these lines, it is easy to read our fear that large numbers of incoming people might break our anonymity wide open. As the AA groups multiplied, so did anonymity problems. Enthusiastic over the spectacular recovery of a brother or sister alcoholic, we'd sometimes discuss those intimate and harrowing aspects of their case meant for their sponsor's ear alone. The aggrieved victim would then rightly declare that their trust had been broken. When such stories got into circulation outside of AA, the loss of confidence in our anonymity promise was severe. It frequently turned people from us. Clearly, every AA member's name and story too had to be confidential, if they wished. This was our first lesson in the practical application of anonymity. With characteristic intemperance, however, some of our newcomers cared not at all for secrecy. They wanted to shout AA from the rooftops, and did. Alcoholics barely dry, rushed about bright-eyed, buttonholing anyone who would listen to their stories. Others hurried to place themselves before microphones and cameras. Sometimes they got distressingly drunk and let their groups down with a bang. They had changed from AA members into AA show-offs. This phenomenon of contrast really set us thinking. Squarely before us was the question, how anonymous should an AA member be? Our growth made it plain that we couldn't be a secret society, but it was equally plain that we couldn't be a vaudeville circuit either. The charting of a safe path between these extremes took a long time. As a rule, the average newcomer wanted his family to know immediately what he was trying to do. He also wanted to tell others who had tried to help him, his doctor, his minister, and close friends. As he gained confidence, he felt it right to explain his new way of life to his employer and business associates. When opportunities to be helpful came along, he found he could talk easily about AA to almost anyone. These quiet disclosures helped him to lose his fear of the alcoholic stigma and spread the news of AA's existence in his community. Many a new man and woman came to AA because of such conversations. Though not in the strict letter of anonymity, such communications were well within its spirit. But it became apparent that word-of-mouth method was too limited. Our work as such needed to be publicized. The AA groups would have to reach quickly as many despairing alcoholics as they could. Consequently, many groups began to hold meetings which were open to interested friends and the public so that the average citizen could see for herself just what AA was all about. The response to these meetings was warmly sympathetic. Soon, groups began to receive requests for AA speakers to appear before civic organizations, church groups, and medical societies. Provided anonymity was maintained on these platforms, and reporters present were cautioned against the use of name or pictures, the result was fine. Then came our first few excursions into major publicity, which were breathtaking. Cleveland's Plain Dealer, articles about us ran about, 
Cleveland's Plain Dealer articles about us ran that town's membership from a few into hundreds overnight. The news stories of Mr. Rockefeller's dinner for Alcoholics Anonymous helped to double our total membership in a year's time. Jack Alexander's famous Saturday Evening Post piece made AA a national institution. I recommend you, you Google that article. It's really cool. Jack Alexander, Saturday Evening Post, Alcoholics Anonymous. Such tributes as these brought opportunities for still more recognition. Other newspapers and magazines wanted AA stories. Film companies wanted to photograph us. Radio and finally television besieged us with requests for appearances. What should we do? As this tide offering up as this tide offering top public approval swept in, we realized that it could do us incalculable good or great harm. Everything would depend upon how it was channeled. We simply couldn't afford to take the chance of letting self-appointed members present themselves as messiahs representing AA before the whole public. The promoter instinct in us might be our undoing, even if one publicly got drunk or was lured into using AA's name for his own purposes, the damage might be irreparable. At this altitude, press, radio, films, and television, anonymity, 100% anonymity, was the only possible answer. Here, principles would have to come before personalities, without exception. These experiences taught us that anonymity is real humility at work. Mm-hmm. It is an all-pervading spiritual quality, which today keynotes AA life everywhere. Moved by the spirit of anonymity, we try to give up our natural desires for personal distinction as AA members, both among fellow alcoholics and before the general public. As we lay aside these very human aspirations, we believe that each part of us takes part in the weaving of a protective mantle which covers our whole society and under which we may grow and work in unity. We are sure that humility expressed by anonymity is the greatest safeguard that Alcoholics Anonymous can ever have. I love that. So I think it's always a little tricky when we're obviously dealing with attraction versus promotion. And I know that I have chosen to not be anonymous um, because I'm going forth into ministry, because I work a lot in the recovery world and it it's a part of my story it's a part of my ministry it's a part of how i help people so i don't mind people knowing who i am i have been brought into hospitals to talk to the medical communities about being in aa and what it is um i personally have made the choice that i can break my own anonymity but i don't break the anonymity of others I don't know if you have seen in the past when there have been celebrities on like Larry King Live, for example, who will only say 12-step program and when they're pushed further about N-A-C-A-A-A, they're always just like 12-step program, 12-step program. And the people that really take this tradition seriously, you'll know they're in recovery because of the vernacular they use. I'm just taking it one day at a time, Larry. You know, I just like to keep it simple. You know, it's it's uh, live and let live. I just let go and let God. Like those kinds of things. If you hear several of them in an interview, you're like, that dude or that chick's in recovery. 
Um, I love how it talked about the beginning. Actually, the motivation was about fears. And I get it. I think we've come a long way breaking the stigma around addiction, but I definitely still think it's there. I mean, even to my own ears, when I hear somebody that I know is dating someone who's an alcoholic or a drug addict, or I say I'm an alcoholic in recovery, I'm very well aware of my own judgments and what I think people are thinking or feeling about me, even though it's almost always, it's only been once or twice a negative reaction. But I love our society and how they define that true anonymity is about humility because anonymity isn't about who I am or what I do. There's no ego in it. I'm just a nobody or I'm like everybody else. And that is a spiritual quality because so much of our world now is ruled by labels like what do you do? Who are you married to? What car do you drive? What part of town do you live in? What kind of watch do you wear? Who does your hair? Who, what kind of jewelry are you wearing? Um, the ego is is king in our society and it's the motivation between fame and fortune. Uh, I saw a video the other day of the new Rolls Royce. It's driverless it's steering well less wheel less it's got luggage uh just over the wheel hub of the the front wheel in the door it has umbrellas that pop out and have a heating compartment built in so that the umbrellas dry faster you walk into it the side door goes up the suicide not suicide doors gull wing doors and you walk in and you sit down and it's like the, the seat is silk and the floor is hand-woven, white carpet. And the woman said something that gave me chills and she's like, the future is about luxury or the future is luxury. And I thought, no, the future can't be luxury. That cannot be what we're all striving for. That is terrifying to me. The future should be peace and love and reconciliation and healing and wholeness and community and family and compassion, forgiveness and empathy. As a society, focusing on luxury as our future is just terrifying to me. And one of the reasons I love AA so much is we get real. And we go deep fast. We go in there and we say shit like, I want a drink or I don't know how I'm going to get through my marriage or I'm having a really hard time letting go and letting God or show me how to forgive, show me how to make an amends, show me how to reach the point of humility where I admit, I admit I'm powerless. Like, shouldn't the future be God? I just... Our society is so real and so human and I love it for that. And so I love, no matter how you look at it, our Tradition 12 and how all of our steps are based on spiritual principles. Like it's a spiritual foundation and I believe our program could heal the world. I really strongly believe that. And I will talk about it to anyone because I do think it's the solution for the raging addict And not only the raging addict, but the person who holds hatred and unforgiveness and sadness and depression and anxiety in their hearts. It is such a beautiful design for living. So hang in there. If you haven't got it yet and you don't believe it, please hang in there. Keep coming back. Believe these words. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of times around me. 
It is the solution. Just keep working at it. And if you've got it, God bless you, brother or sister, because isn't this the best way to live? Isn't it more than you ever hoped or imagined? It's the best life ever. I love it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this series. If you hung in there for all 12 traditions, congratulations. As I said in my song, I would give you a gold star. And I do give you a gold star. And a kiss and a hug and a little tap on your bum. So, what will Julie podcast on next? I don't know. Maybe you'll have to listen to tomorrow's podcast to figure that out. So, if you don't already know, you can email me or Lisa to soberchicks at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram, and or Instagram, my favorite, at Two Sober Chicks. We answer emails, we answer DMs. Please feel free to reach out to us. And I wish you a wonderful 24. And I'll talk to you when I talk to you.